Auf bin Malik Ashja'i radiallahu ta'ala he came to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam very very perturbed and he came and presented a problem now, there was a problem, a very major problem and the very major problem was that his son was abducted kidnapped so now this was a very major problem and it just overwhelms one sometimes so he presented the situation to Nabi Akari Wasallam. that this is what has happened. The Mushrikeen came and abducted my son and they have disappeared with him. Now one response to this could have been that immediately some Sahaba could have been gathered together and dispatched as an army, as a group to go and now search for him as a search party, make some inquiries, get some intelligence on the matter try to identify where he perhaps was taken and it's not something that was now these people just disappeared so there was no way for them to follow it up in that period of time also there were these expert trackers there were people who had such expertise in this these are recorded in the books of history and so on and even in the time of Nabi Kareem wasallam, sometimes they would want to try and figure out Okay, this army that is perhaps coming, how far it may be. Obviously, it's an estimate, but now these people who had this talent and this expertise, they would be these kind of people that put their ear to the ground and say, no, they know we're nowhere near. Or they'll put their ear to the ground and they may say there's about half a day's journey away. And it sounds like it's several hundred people riding. Now, we might wonder what's this all about, this sounds like something, fairy tales but these things happened just to, it's not the time to get into these details but just to digress a little bit to give some idea of this expertise and there's much to learn out of this in terms of where our mind goes to things, we think we are very very highly advanced we get so overawed with all the technology but Allah Ta'ala had blessed people with such expertise in things which we can't imagine. In the Hadith Sharif, there's a mention about the martyrdom of the uncle of Nabi Kareem Wasallam, Hazrat Hamza radiallahu ta'ala. The person who martyred him at that time was not a Muslim, he was among the Mushrikeen at that time. Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala. Later on he accepted Islam. Nabi Kareem Wasallam sent message upon message to him inviting him towards deen despite the fact that Nabi Kareem Wasallam was very very deeply affected by the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hamza and he was in fact emotional on this particular occasion which normally would not be seen but despite that he invited him towards deen so in any case later on Wahshi accepted Islam in the time of Nabi Kareem Wasallam much later uh, he was staying in one, in Hims. This was one place in Sham. He was living there. So two other, one Sahabi and one Tabi'i, they were much young at that time. So now they were traveling somewhere, so they decided, you know what, Wahshir Adilang is living in this area, why not go and ask him about the incident of the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hamza After all, this happened at his hands. So let's go and hear it from him first hand. This was something that used to then inspire them towards Deen. 
that how people gave sacrifices for deen, etc. But now he was on the other side of it at that time. They decided to go and ask him. Now one of them was a person by the name of Nofal bin Adi bin uh, uh, um, Adi bin Nofal. So what he did was he covered. He was now covered from top and bottom. He had covered his face as well with his turban. So he took his turban and wrapped it around his face. Only his eyes were visible. And only his feet were now visible. So his head was covered, his whole face covered, hands everything covered, and only his feet visible, and his eyes are visible. In any case, they came, and now Wahshir was seated in the shade of one house. So they came and sat there, uh, stood there by him, and now this person who was covered in this manner is asking Wahshir do you recognize me? I ask him, do you recognize me? Now, he's covered completely. One is now, we see somebody who we might have seen last, maybe a few years ago. So the person is standing in front of us. We're looking at the person and we can't think sometimes, who is this person? Here he's covered, how are you going to find out who is he? Completely covered. He's asking him, can you remember me? Do you remember me? Can you recognize me? So he looks at him, there's nothing to look at besides his feet. So he looks at his feet now just to get to the point without getting into all the details so he says that this so and so uh, person in Makkah his child was born so this child was now a baby of a couple of days old so now that was the standard thing in the time of the in that time the Arab they used to send their children out into the rural areas to be fostered in the rural area so that they will grow up in that environment and they would be much more healthier and then the pure Arabic language used to be spoken in the outskirts and the rural areas so as they grow up they will learn the pure Arabic language then when they would be two, three, four years old they'll come back to their parents in between there'll be some visits and so on so this is a very common thing so now this person is saying Wahshir is saying that so and so's child was born in Makkah and I helped the mother to go and find a foster mother for the child so when that child had to be handed over so I picked the child up from the mother and passed it on to the oh oh whether it was I picked the child and handed it over to the mother so in other words when I picked the child and handed it over to the mother now how many days old child couple of days old one week two weeks at the most the feet of that child seems like the same person here now this person might be 40 years old 50 years old now where is the baby's feet compared to a grown person's feet he is saying now that that's the time I saw this feet. Sometimes you might not recognize your own feet after this. So when he said that, so this person, he uncovered his face. Hazrat Rashir was 100% on the dot. He saw these feet at the time when they were a few days old or a few weeks old at the most. And now, 40, 30, 40, 50 years later, he said, I can recognize his feet. So this was just a digression. The point was that they were all these people with great expertise. They could track things which we can't even imagine what they're seeing. What they're seeing. Now coming back to the incident we were talking about of bin Malik Ashja'i radiallahu ta'ala So when he said this to Nabi Kareem sallallahu this was one of the ways in which this could have been responded to. Put together this army, get them to go and track down these people 
and whatever then has to be done, if you have to send a bigger army, reinforcements, all this could have been done, and there were many occasions when these kind of arrangements were put in place as well. There was some uh, threat from some quarters that people are putting together an army. Nabi Sassam dispatched Sahaba to go and take care of this threat. Tabuk was a similar situation. There was a threat of the Roman army coming in very big numbers. Nabi Karim Sassam took 30,000 Sahaba and went. So the point is that this was done as Bab and the means were adopted. But on this occasion, Nabi Sassam did not say any such thing. What did he say to him? He said to him, Ittaqillaha wasbir. First he said to him, Adopt taqwa and sabr. You'll find in the Quran Sharif in many places, these two aspects mentioned side by side. Innahu mayyattaqi wa yasbir, fa inna allaha la yudhi'u ajra al-muhsineen. The one who adopts taqwa and sabr, Allah Ta'ala will not allow the efforts of those who do good to go in vain. Taqwa and sabr. Taqwa and sabr. You'll find this over and over again in the Quran Sharif. The one who adopts taqwa, taqwa is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Giving up haram, giving up sin, avoiding anything that Allah is displeased with. So now the Sahaba, their level of taqwa, what we can imagine. Despite being on that level of taqwa, Nabi Karim Sassim is saying, adopt taqwa, meaning enhance that also. And if you are on taqwa, then you have nothing to worry about, Allah will provide the solution to you. So, so Nabi Sassim said to him, ittaqillah, adopt taqwa, and adopt sabr. Dunya is a place of challenge, it's a place of test. So the test come, and in the test if a person is patient, then the test becomes very easy, Allah Ta'ala opens the way forward, and a person, person passes in that test. And after all, whatever it might be, the test of dunya is very limited. The time in dunya is very limited. We all are headed towards akhirat. We have no idea when. For many other things we say it's a matter of time. Our own situation is a matter of time. Our own time in dunya is a matter of time before it ends. And we go on from dunya into akhirat. Allah knows best when our time comes up. But the time is now to really make the change. That time might be too late if we leave it for another time. The time is now to make the change. And to come on this taqwa and sabr. In this hadith, Nabi Sallallahu said to him, Adopt taqwa and adopt sabr. And then the third thing he said to him, وَأَكْثِرْ مِنْ قَوْلِ لَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ and excessively recite La hawla wa la quwwata illa So in any case the Sahaba were not like us They were not those who uh, Did not take things fully to heart Nabi Sassam said something to them That was sufficient He did not ask any further questions also Okay fine I'm going to start doing this But are you also going to start sending somebody out to go and look for them Or what else are we going to do No nothing else Allah's Nabi Sassam gave him a prescription and Nabi Kareem has given a prescription so now what else to look for so now this doesn't mean as mentioned earlier that we don't adopt the means that are at our disposal because we've been taught to use the means so we'll adopt the means if a person is sick 
they'll take the medication. Person is hungry, they'll eat the food. Person wants to stay safe, they won't put their hand in the fire. Because dunya is a place where Allah has made this the system. But despite this system being adopted, the more important system is the unseen system. That rules over this system. One is the visible system, the system that we, we take to ha- we adopt physically, and the other is the unseen system. The visible system is ruled over by the unseen system. When that unseen system comes in a person's favor, Allah will move the seen and the means in his favor. And if he is doing the opposite, then when everything seems to be in his favor, it will still turn out the other way around. So that is the most important part of it. This too will be adopted. But that will be the main thing. So in any case, Nabi Sallallahu said this to him, he left with it and got engaged, engaged in excessive receipt of La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. His wife is reciting. And then he didn't even come back to ask now that one day is gone, two days gone, five days gone, any news, what should else? But Nabi Sallallahu has given us a prescription. That is it. That's what we're going to hold on to. Out of the blue one of the nights, suddenly he hears a knock on the door. He comes to the door, to his utter amazement, his son is there. And then he looks out, behind the sun, there's a whole herd of camels and goats as well. So he's completely shocked, how this happened, what went on here? So he says to him, well, there was a situation came up suddenly out of the blue, these people became unmindful of me, and for whatever reason they at that time left him without being bound in any way. So he says, I found them neglectful, they were unmindful, they were busy in something. I got the chance, I escaped, and now it's a situation of war. We are at war with them, because open war, the Bushrikin. So this was booty, this was now spoils of war. I saw these camels of theirs grazing, I heard it of the camels and came away with it. Now, this was the outcome. Now, the question is, these people, they captured this prisoner of theirs. He was a very big prize that they had now. They were probably going to now use him to get something out of the others, whatever the case might be. What made them get neglectful of him? This was a very big thing in their hands. How come that they just suddenly didn't realize what's going on and they became so sort of uh, in a lull and thought what was going on and allowed the chance for him to escape, how it happened. It didn't just happen. Allah Ta'ala made it happen. Allah Ta'ala blinded them. Allah Ta'ala caused their minds to get occupied so deeply in something else, deeply in something else or put them in such a deep sleep that they didn't realize what happened. They could have bound him, locked him up somewhere, put him behind some locked door, for whatever reason they didn't feel they needed to do it, because they thought they were so secure about it. Why they didn't feel so? Allah Ta'ala put it in their minds to forget about it. Why? Because the unseen means were now coming in favor of, of the Malik Ashja'i radiallahu ta'ala and his son and everybody related. And Allah Ta'ala brought about this miraculous uh, release of his 
And on top of that, with all these herds of, all these camels, which is a very valuable thing at that time. Now this was, Nabi Sallallahu on this occasion, didn't give any other prescription, any other advice. All he gave was this, to tell us this, give us this message. Look, all the other means are in its place. But the most important means are this. And while we will adopt the means at our disposal, but if these means are not in place, that will not be of any benefit to us. It will seem like it benefits us. But the very things that sometimes seem to benefit us becomes the means of harm. So now we have to reflect very deeply on this. Deeply on the conditions that are around us. And to what extent we have come onto this path of taqwa and sabr. And turning to Allah wa ta'ala.